Hi, James. Hi, Gabby. And, of course, we do have to just, you know, welcome in Joey. Yeah, Joey's here. Joey's really excited. Joey is a uh, special guest today. Um, this is a special guest. <laughs> she has her chin on Gabby's knee, and it's, uh, she just wants to it's make adorable. sure that she's known, her presence is known. She wants she to be took a bath seen. today. That was really smart because it's very, very hot mm-hmm. in, um, very hot in L.A. And Too hot. What is today? It's October. About to be Halloween. About to be Halloween, yeah. and it's 88 degrees. I can always tell if it's a weird, like, long summer in L.A. when you're like, oh, Halloween is coming, and it might be a hot night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Or my birthday. Like, I have two benchmarks of, like, is summer going to be long and weird? And it's, like, my birthday, September 13th, if it's a hot birthday. It wasn't a hot birthday. It was cold on my birthday. It was nice. It was very nice. And I was like, oh, we're going to have a fall. And then October came in just like, yo, actually. October raised the roof. Uh, and it's dry. It's not, like, summer heat or, like, Hawaii heat where it's, like, it's hot, <laughs> but you're, like, a moist fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is so, you guys, I actually, I think I have dry. heat aversion. Um, which, <laughs> yeah, let them know. It's a diagnosis. You could be diagnosing people right now. Um, yeah, so I, a couple weeks ago, part of why this pod has been, it's taken a while is because we've, we've just been doing so many things, but one of them was for like a whole four days. I thought I had food poisoning and it was, uh, likely actually just heat aversion, mm-hmm. um, because the day that the the lightning and thunder happened in Los Angeles and the rain occurred. I was able to eat a whole pizza. Um, <laughs> my benchmark of being you well. were happy. Yeah, you were happy and satiated. And it was fine. Um, oh, and then just, <coughs> it's okay, Joey, that's the machine. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, her hair looks curlier today. Well, because I just washed it. I know her tail is like... Yeah, her tail is funky right now. <laughs> okay. Um, and then t- yesterday I had the same thing, and it was just very, very hot. And I think that I'm actually, like... I can't just, like, chill in the heat, which is too bad because, you know, we're in a warming planet. But so. I feel like it's also, like, I feel like the dry heat. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I was telling you my dad in passing <laughs> was, like, after the lightning was, like... There's a lot of electricity in the air. Yes. And I was like, yes. okay. But to him, that's like a spiritual vibe. Right. And I was like, okay, dad. But then I also was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I do feel very like static. Like, mm-hmm. and not as in like stopped. I mean, like what I imagine when the TV goes static, that's yes. how my energy feels. Like, I feel like my particles are like just unhappy and like, you know, there actually is the sticky. whole like negative and positive ion thing. I wonder mm-hmm. if there's less that's why it's always nice by the beaches because there's so many negative ions in the air oh interesting well, that's what my dad was saying it was like the energy is so so negative well it's and then a- lightning then he thinks the lightning happens because yeah. the people are negative yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that feeling of like uh what is it when something's vibrating like chaotically and not flowing can i oh uh, yeah did you catch any lightning rods that day there was uh, a lightning storm in la last week yeah guys. no so rare it was so, so nice rare so rare i guess it was two weeks ago now actually which Mm, is true wild um but i did i was standing out on the balcony holding joey and watching it and chris came out and he opened the umbrella which was like the most like obvious thing to do i was just standing out of the rain (laughs) you were feeling it all yeah um, that's good it was really nice i saw you got some good pictures that's what we need mine for to open the umbrella (laughs) yeah literally open the umbrella that's sitting right above me while you're in the rain with your dog feeling it all (laughs) I wish that was the case. Um, um, 
what did you say you oh, got some good i got one photos. good one yeah which was great because i've definitely a few times in my life had my like a lightning stakeout yeah you know, when you sit out and you're like if i just get the photo were you filming it or were you doing photos first time was photos only which is why it felt so successful and then yeah. the second time i was like oh, i want like one of those crazy ones so i did film it but it wasn't as pleasurable yeah which goes to show you you know hard work it's all about the hunt <laughs> but yeah when it happened randomly like i just snapped a photo like when i felt like it should happen i got a really just like a photo that wasn't that great but but it was a rod the fact that like, i it was caught a full it rod. yeah and i was like oh my god because i was trying but then when i did video i was like well i can yeah. pause the video but yeah i didn't really it's not the rod that i caught right you know? yeah it's the one that i edited out sure, for my, sure, sure, sure. my yeah. time lapse yeah you got it in post <laughs> it might as well have just been cgi yeah um but yeah it was a really fun experience i'd love my hope for like climate change is that it brings more thunderstorms to los angeles because mm. i can count if i can count on one hand the amount of times i've had a lightning thunderstorm yeah in like LA. three literally three <laughs> yeah so if that happens yeah. because i felt and maybe you can equate this with brazil i felt like this summer mm. was more like a chicago summer because we had some humidity days which mm-hmm. we never really have that's so mm-hmm. rare and then this thunder situation i'm talking just too much about weather and i'm sorry <laughs> but I, i'm like the I'm weather app is your favorite this. app it is which yeah. i think about all the time there's a newsletter on that i wrote about i did a love letter to it um okay anyway so anyway that's what's going on with us yeah the weather <laughs> we are. well you were saying okay so but here's the thing about la summers that we have to remember is like this isn't like we they pretend la is tropical because there's palm trees but it's not and you know palm trees aren't native to la yeah so it's like we have a desert climate with like tropical aesthetics yeah in brazil and in hawaii it's like even in like hot summertime you get a rainstorm every once in a while it's so cleansing yeah because it's a tropical place totally it's this is just okay what is that though that's crazy to think about that like la is a desert pretending to be well, because oasis. and it's funny because it plays into like Tinseltown. It feels like yeah, the very set. conceit of us set. is like fake. Yeah, yeah. Like why? Joshua Tree's honest. Joshua Tree's like we're hot and barren. Truly, Joshua Tree's the most <laughs> honest place. You're the puppy. Palm Springs is like trying to make it like it's okay. We have pools, but Palm Springs is actually unbearable if I think about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Palm yeah. Springs is Palm Springs so. Is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to me that we used to go out to the desert to relax. I mean, Joshua Tree is relaxing. It's beautiful, but now when I think about it, I feel like this is more like Joshua Tree in terms of just the climate. Yeah, it's true. Like escaping, I feel Mm. like now when I want to leave LA, I want to leave everything about it, including like the climate. (laughs) You want to be watered. Exactly. That's how I feel feel nourished. I do too, especially after like Hawaii time. I'm just like, there's something about like we need moisture, obviously. Like we're literally water. No, I feel that. And what was the appeal of Joshua Tree? It was like I think barren, contemporary. I think well, because we were also living. This was pre-pandemic, so everything in life was like fast and crowded, and we mm. wanted to feel like far away from people. <laughs> that is huge. Joey. It was a dog sneeze. Everybody, <laughs> yay! Good girl. That was a nice dog sneeze. That was so good, Joey. She's so beautiful. Yeah. I think jo- uh, Joey has Instagram face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, she, she was does. not always this this filter pretty. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> like she just got... She, <laughs> she Kendall Jenner. She Kendall Jenner overnight. Um, what else? So, okay, um, we... 
we are lazy with the pod because we're lazy with the pod but it's just a lot there's this really trippy thing that keeps happening that has been happening since we started this like a year ago oh yeah it's probably like the anniversary (gasps) because it was october (laughs) november when we started it I was just thinking, I had this immediate flash where I was like, if this was a like a romantic relationship, this would be like traumatizing for me. <laughs> oh, like a, this is our anniversary. Ship pod. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it was November, though. I think it was October, because I think we talked about Halloween our costumes. And we talked about the Dodgers. Oh, T. Okay, this might be our anniversary. And Dodgers are back. Happy anniversary, listeners. Happy anniversary. Thank, Thank you, you for, for coming. Being here. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Um, no, but we get so lazy with the pod, but then every time we get lazy and we go, like, a second week or, like, a third week, something happens where, like, we'll run in, we'll have a moment where, like, the pod feels important and exciting again. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody will reach out. Someone will validate from the external. Yeah, like, the yeah. universe will send a person to be like, oh my god, I love your podcast, please keep going. And we'll yeah. be like, okay. I'll be like, <laughs> alright. So, um. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> So we're back. No, um, we never left. You know that song, Evita? Don't cry for me, Argentina. Totally. The truth is I never... That's us. Argentina. I never left you. But James, somebody... You went oh, to yeah. a restaurant. So basically, I went to a restaurant a couple nights ago called Greekman's in Silver Lake. Um, and there was this really sweet girl that worked there named Petra, which is such a cool name. Um, and she basically had, had was wearing Gabby's shoes from <laughs> from this uh, yard sale that we yeah, had. Yeah, you in guys December. don't know about this. Last year when I left for Hawaii, I wanted to get rid of all my stuff, but I didn't want to give it away, and I also didn't want to sell it because that's a lot of work and like whatever. It was also true COVID times when like Goodwill wasn't even open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Goodwill's like well, we're not here. <laughs> Goodwill's still trying to pretend like you can't try on clothes in their dressing rooms. Dude. And I'm like, you guys just don't want to. It's so yeah, so it's like the whole point of Goodwill is being able to try things on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're probably making more money. Um <laughs> for all the people who buy insure un- unsure choices. Totally. Um Oh, what was I saying? Goodwill. The yard sale. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so we were like, okay, let's have like a free yard sale in my yard where it's like donation only. And it was sick. It was great. It was so good. Everything that's, you know what you want is you want to get rid of everything. Because I think I've had enough yard sales and enough moving moments to realize that like all the effort that you like put into like trying to sell everything and then you just don't. Like yeah. a yard sale is like you put all this work to have a yard sale and then you have to put all this work to like bring back the stuff that you didn't sell yeah and you have to haggle with people which is yeah. the most awkward thing and at the end of the day you're like i just actually wanted this all to go away yeah <laughs> um that was a crazy experience i brought like a couple trash bags and ended up like driving back to my house to get the rest of my stuff because yeah away. i couldn't believe it you got more stuff yeah it was like one hour it was yeah. gone and people were showing up like a minute before it started yeah and it was like yeah people were handing me shrooms i had two people give me shrooms that's so crazy and everyone was like well wishes but it was such a cute fucking time it like, was really fun it was just like everything i want in life it was just like giving away stuff and also the middle of covid was so sad and antisocial and it was like the first social moment yeah. i had where i was like it is nice to be around people and it was fully like <laughs> so COVID safe and outside and it didn't feel like i didn't feel like creeped out at all no. you know because a lot of those things came with the risk reward of being like i'm gonna see a friend but then i'll freak out for a week <laughs> you know and this is just like outdoors and it was a mixture of like people our age who like follow us and like families that were mm-hmm. like thank you for the free thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was like <laughs> so cute yeah <laughs> 
Remember someone brought their bike by and was like, can you sell this or something? Oh, it was like a guy that was like, hey, it was like a kid's bike. And he was like, hey, could I like leave this here? And then like no one took the bike. Yeah, and it was yeah. just like, that, was, that like... was really funny. <laughs> kid's bikes are not easy to get rid of. You'd um, think that they were. When he dropped it off, I was like, oh, that's going to go in a second. And then it didn't. And I was like, we'll just put it on a corner. <laughs> It'll be gone. Someone will pick it up. Um, <laughs> we'll take the wheels off. <laughs> so, yeah. So that girl's wearing your, your pl- black platform Supergas. Love that platform day. Supergas. Just want to shout that out for all my 5'3 uh, and under queens. All the shorties out there. Anyone with short legs. <laughs> They're really, um, really helpful. Yeah. Platform Supergas. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and then she, she is actually starting a podcast with her friend, so stay tuned. They don't have a name or anything, but... But it's happening It's out happening. There. It's happening out there, and it was really nice to meet her. Thank you for saying hi. Um, and it was trippy, too, because I, I went to Chicago. This is another thing, is I was in Chicago, everybody, again. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Damn right she did. Crazy Chicago person. And um, as I was getting on the plane, I was like... Well, that was funny. The last time I was in Chicago, like, someone recognized me from the pod. That's mm. definitely not going to happen again. And it didn't, and it was great because it was, you know, nice <laughs> to be, like, low-key and not looking over my shoulder. Yeah. However, when I got back, like, a, like within the week, that happened, and it was almost like the universe was like, okay, we'll give you a break. I also liked, we were talking about how we liked her recognizing style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She was very, like, I know who you are and these are the ways that I follow you and it was like it made it less awkward for me because like when someone recognizes me of all people I'm always like okay so my um, last name is <laughs> you know like I feel like I have to give people background on myself <laughs> but I mean the, the energy like someone coming up and doing me like oh my god hi like I don't want to bother you but then it, that's like a vibe right that's like I get it and it's sweet and then there's the other vibe that's like that girl being like I was at your yard sale hey right right and like, like she like yeah. had the knowledge and I didn't feel like I was intruding. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice. Like, you had to perform or something. I love that honesty. Like, I even like that honesty, like, beyond that. But just when you you're meet really someone at a party. People, like, being upfront about. Totally. Yeah. But, like, if you're at a party and you don't remember someone, they're like, oh, we met here. And then, like, they're not, like, weird about it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like, oh, we met at this thing. And you're like, oh, my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Or when, like, someone pretends they do. Like, people do this all the time where they pretend they don't know someone's name. Yes. Yeah, I had like a friend that would do that all the time, and I'd be like, "You know their name? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay." <laughs> I guess people are like, "What they get freaked out of like the at the imbalance of like knowingness." Yeah, I mean, there is something to respectability of being like, "Let that person introduce themselves," mm-hmm. because you know we're not fully our online personalities. I've had multiple times I've had this where people are really surprised that I don't recognize them because we've exchanged words over DM. Mm. And I'm like, if I haven't met you in person, I'm not going to recognize you from online unless I like really closely follow you. They'll be like, it's me. And then they'll like say their username and I'll be like, I didn't know what you look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really (laughs) hard. That's some crazy shit. But I love people. I love people. I love talking. I love recognizing. I love name calling. <laughs> I love eating um, in outdoor restaurants. And I do love people, though. I was thinking that where, like, I do get energized with people and I forget. Yeah. Like, I've been so secluded lately, like, on purpose, I guess, because I'm, like, annoyed with everyone. But then I got in my Uber and I was like, oh, and I started talking to the guy. And getting, I always ask my older Uber drivers for life advice. And I was like, I just like being here with a person. Did he give you life advice? Yeah, because he was like a... 
he was a Croatian paparazzi. He was from Croatia, and he was like a major paparazzi That's person. So crazy. And then I, he was like, Google me, <laughs> and I googled him, and he had taken like a photo of like David Bowie that no one has ever seen. Like Aww. he was, he was good. He did good. And then he said he got, he said some name like Assad, Assad, okay. or something. And I was like, <laughs> there was a bug out the window. Um, and he was like, oh, you don't, you wouldn't know him. It was like a prince in like the 80s that everyone cared about. And I, oh, was it the person who dated Lady Diana? I don't know, maybe. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just remember the name was very like, da, da, da. <laughs> it was like an easy name. Um, it was da, da. And I was like, and, but it seemed like he had this very, what I found most interesting was the fact that he seemed to have this really creatively abundant life in his youth as a photographer. And like went to Paris and photographed all these people and like was you know at the head of like European paparazzi mm-hmm. and then was like driving Uber now and so mm-hmm. in my head I was like well, what would he say like I wonder if you know yeah and I was like what would be your life advice and he was like for photographers <laughs> or for in general <laughs> and I was like you've been you're ready um and I said just have a both and then he said in life which is once again a very common and life advice that people give but very interesting in the context and he said uh, he was like, follow your dreams because they're absolutely going to come true if you really want them. <laughs> and it's like everyone says that, mm-hmm. right? But I was like, he's even saying it even though his industry died, yeah. which is tea. Like, he was had so much pride. Yeah. And then he was like, it was it's the time of my life, whatever. And he still has the photos and he's putting them together in a book, apparently. Um, and then his photographer advice, was, was like, which I've actually heard from um, Dexter used to say this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have another friend who became a very successful photographer and videographer. And they both gave the same advice, which was go to school for a normal thing. If you're going to go to college, go to school for like business or psychology or something. But keep your photography as like your artful hobby that you explore interesting and like you don't need to go to school for photography i see that now because there's so much that you can learn online and like the technology to be a photographer is so different than it was mm-hmm. like what the fuck was that i'm sorry <laughs> me me joey <laughs> me gets scared because the context is now scary it's okay joey joey is a cartoon character a spooky season i know um um yeah uh yeah but i i spent some time at like a photography college because the person I was dating was going to photography <laughs> college, and so I'd sit in on classes because um, we weren't codependent at all. And, and he would he would take all these photos, and I don't know, it's just like a trippy thing where, like, all the stuff was very valuable that he learned. But at the same time, now the technology is so like easy to be a photographer, mm-hmm. and like you can like learn lighting on YouTube. Yeah, you know? and it's mm. it's like the one thing about going to like a really professional school I think is you get the hands-on thing of like I'm getting a studio time and I, mm. I'm learning my own photography style or whatever mm. without having to be on set with like clients and everyone breathing down my neck you know yeah and even I mean that's was actually the advice that really stuck with me in my early 20s when I was like okay like having to decide if going to art school like I knew in my intuition that like school wasn't going to be for me but there was always that sneaky feeling of like all the people who got to go and um Dexter who I mentioned before Mm -hmm. (laughs) said that um he was already getting big from having just a tumblr where he'd post his photos and just like being in the right place at the right time and he was just like he was like no he was like just do your thing love what you do be honest 
you know, love people and, like, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And he always said that. He was like, I didn't go to school. Like, all these people trying to act like school, whatever, made them who they are. And I'm sure it benefits some people. But it's also one of those things, I think, like, if intuitively you have to ask why you're doing it. Like, if you're doing it because you think going to college is going to legitimize your work. Yeah. That's, like, a really different reason than being, like, I just love it and I want to be around people who do it. You know, it's, like, yeah. the energy is so different. Yeah. Anyways, that's cool. My Croatian driver or whatever (laughs) okay wait that reminds me i really want to share this (laughs) the uh, best life advice that i got from an uber driver was he said i think about it all the time as he said i was like what is one thing you would like tell someone and he was like um always do what you're gonna what you say you're gonna do otherwise nobody will ever believe you again and i think about that all the time and i think about that with my relationships too it's like things really fall apart with people when they don't keep their word at least like a couple times yeah you know? i agree with that i agree with that i'm big on follow through yeah um like you just have that identity it's so true but he just said that i was like damn yeah he was a cool guy that one i have to ask you what your necklace is because it's oh me out. oh my god what is her thing her username's like evil fairy i should shout it out it's um it's like a handmade metal fairy, with a uh, metal cherub with a, with unicorn, a unicorn horn. Okay, that's what I thought it was. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's ugly fairy, U G L I, ugly fairy. It's very cool, but it's literally like I don't know if they're in Australia or the UK. It's just like this trippy, like <laughs> it's like this trippy girl or like two girls that are like very like they they just like are how I would be. I think if I was a teen right now. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. they're really young mm-hmm. and they just like they dress like kind of like gothic fairies (laughs) she like messaged me and she's like i want to send you one of my ugly fairies and i was like that's very impressive for like a young a young person yeah it's very art i think that's my favorite thing it also looks like in a pinch you could hurt someone with it totally totally (laughs) yeah even the horn on it looks like a shell yeah (laughs) very cool i love i love people (laughs) <laughs> we love artists we, we love, love artists we have collecting moments and but i really feel like um, i hated people for the past three weeks and then well that's also very mercury retrograde like i honestly feel I like it's i'm sort of like is it even worth you know hanging because... did you have any exes come back should we talk about that i haven't had any exes no come back. we had the is you do but that was pre-mercury but uh, i guess it was in the shadow of mercury <laughs> retrograde but yeah i guess i sort of had <laughs> i feel like it's too much to talk about what do you think I think we could say it without giving up any clues. Okay. Um, Your first boyfriend. <laughs> That's it's a huge clue. <laughs> <laughs> Your first boyfriend when you were in kindergarten. Yes. James Timothy. Oh my god. My, my first crush was named Timothy. I remember that. And you remember, you remember how I got a crush on him? No. I watched me a banana. <laughs> what? <laughs> Really? Yeah, which at the time I didn't think was sexual, but it's a so close sexual so thing. But I remember watching him eat a banana and be like, he's so cute. And this was in kindergarten. <laughs> well, how is he eating it? Just like a normal fucking kid eats, yeah. like, just eats, like, any piece of food. But I bet if we looked at the footage, yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be so messy and childish I, and gross. Yeah. No, it, like, wasn't, like, hot at all, but I just remember, it, like, it being striking to me. But he was really cute. I wonder also, where he is now. You know, eating a banana takes what confidence. Is his name? Timothy, what's his last name? Timothy McGeiger. <laughs> Maybe I'm <laughs> one of our listeners. He's yeah. like gay now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you guys, you guys. <laughs> he becomes our best friend. He oh becomes our God. third potter. 
Potter. Okay, hey guys, this is us in the editing bay. And so basically what happened that was really crazy was that we started to talk about James's ex-boyfriend who like came out of the woodwork. And we kind of talked about like one of mine that came out of the woodwork during Mercury Retrograde. And during the recording, there's no reason why this would have happened. There was no like pausing or stopping. There was, it all went completely inaudible and sketchy during that time while we were recording. And, and then an alarm went off. Glitch. Yeah, an alarm went off that I set for yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the madhouse um it's so for like right now oh my god we're protected we're being guided by divine energy that we can't control um no so basically we just obviously we can't even share it but we took it as a sign it's like maybe we shouldn't be talking about exes right now yeah and also the alarm went off and after the alarm went off the audio got good right and so basically there's a really weird part right now where we talk about James's kindergarten crush as like <laughs> an opener for this ex conversation. That was it probably should have been yeah private. Yeah. And then all of a sudden an alarm goes off, and then it's a different conversation. Yeah. So, but we still we still want to keep the love. For yeah. My first crush. So yeah, that was funny. The banana story is funny, but uh, that's why the flow ended, and also just a trippy thing that happened. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what? Out of all things. Okay. The way things work, and I was just like, you could literally. Computer. <laughs> uh, is it an alarm? Yeah, I don't know where it's. Oh, you know what? <laughs> it's the alarm that I set. <laughs> For what? I set an alarm yesterday to make myself work, but it's that like beautiful alarm. <laughs> okay, I love it. What is this? Is this a weird this website? Like a I asked the magic eight ball line over all my emails. It responded, Outlook not so good. Wait, what, what is this? Is this? Wait, it's a it's a website called onlineclock.net, but they just like it's, it's like a meme at the end of this. You're using the original onlineclock.net. Why does this look like our something we posted? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. This is the thing that I sent you that was with the waterfall. But I don't know what this page is. I guess they reward you with a meme when the timer goes off. Okay, funny. And a Look how pretty this is. This is crazy. The, did place? I show you this? Yeah, you sent it to me. And I <laughs> did I show you this? You sent you me the, the link, and I yeah. didn't open it. It's so cool. God, that's cool. Okay, yeah. guys, I'm onlineclock.net. Really giving giving some... Go to Lava Lamps. Oh, Lava Lamps is funny. <laughs> it's at the end. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh... And then they have different ones. Wow. Close-up Lava... That's so cool. Sick. Close Looks up like lava is cool. Um, yeah. Okay, I think this is a great spot for me to go pee. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Alright, so I was stopped by God for my statement. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I do want to say it was really eye opening for me to realize that positive and negative is a human judgment. Mm-hmm. But it's an important one because it tells you when you feel good and when you don't. Yeah. But it tells you a lot about the world to step back and be like, okay, we have this system of good and bad. And like, what really helped me get to that point was watching like Trump. Mm-hmm. And I think I've talked about this before, where it's like I watched him fulfill. Who is that? I can't. <laughs> Your other ex that. Oh fuck. Made yeah. That account. Totally. Trump is James's ex. <laughs> That'd be so crazy. He's where like is a really he? good guy. He's probably just in Florida doing florida things i really wonder what he's doing i honestly think he's just hiding out in florida. are they gonna give him a reality show i think he's gonna just i think he's probably i mean he's actually so in debt so like something Genuine someone money. needs to do something Ugh, we'll probably get the tea so later i know <laughs> did you hear that they he's dead. they're holding steve bannon in contempt like because he's um 
he didn't come up for subpoena. They subpoenaed him for the January 6th thing, and mm. he ignored it. So now he's, like, in criminal contempt or, like, like a war. I don't know. You guys should fact check this. But, like, he's oh. getting... Because if they get him and they get him down, then the T is sitting in his home. Essentially. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just hate that we can't have it. It's so annoying. It is We annoying. don't get anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, we literally just get, like, what well, the media... Like, we get, like, media, like... Uh, leadership sure, sure, sure we don't get the truth <laughs> i just want the truth so bad um which reminds me <laughs> i have something crazy to share really <laughs> i told you already okay what um how i went on that like date with that person that like oh yeah used to be do data for the government yes oh my god you guys yeah i'm honestly like, i don't even know if i want to say it i'm honestly worried if we say it. I'll just say it. And for the record, I made it up. <laughs> and for the record, we, the don't, record, we don't live at our address. This is a show. This is a performance. This yeah. is a meme. For the record, this is now a role-playing. <laughs> for the record, I don't go on dates. I don't even... <laughs> I don't even have a vagina. I know. Just, you know, it's a <laughs> I make all of this up for money. <laughs> I make up a whole life. I'm actually... Gabby's the ultimate performer. Yeah. Okay. So now that that's out of the way. Um, no, I went on a date with this person that was like really traumatized. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> no. Um, they used to do like data processing for a government agency. Mm-hmm. And which means basically that they were on, like, the back end of just, like, all this gnarly shit that that would go down. And then they were just, you know, a very well-paid tech person in the skeleton of it all. And I was like, well, why are you so guilty? And they're like, there was just so much that is wrong that, you know, you just can't talk about. Otherwise, like, they'll, like, kill you or whatever. And I was like, well, I mean, it was was your job. It's not like you were making those things happen. And he was like, well, Nazi guards were also, it was also their job. And I was like, well, how, what are you talking about? And he was like, well, I'm not going to talk about any of the projects that I worked on, but I can tell you that, you know, back in 2001, the company I worked for is the same company that um, hid all the data about 9-11 and that 9-11 was actually stoppable and they knew about it for weeks prior and that Osama Osama bin Laden was in contact with the government since the 80s. And that the reason why it all went down was because of some like double agent thing that he explained to me. Which also reminded me of how there was this, like, CIA thing on their website, like, some, like, CIA leak that said, like, you know, CIA and the Hollywood, like, they work together, and, mm-hmm. like, part of what they do is the government will put, like, really kind of things that feel very fantastical and, like, out of reach into movies so that they mm-hmm. feel fantastical, like, the double agent narrative, like, the concept that, like, you know, there was somebody in Afghanistan from our CIA that was secretly working for Afghanistan and like the other way around and that's why like yeah. 9-11 happened yeah so you hear that and you're gonna be like that's a conspiracy theory that's something of movies but then it really does happen in reality but yeah I was just with this like really um and they were yeah they were just telling me everything like not everything it was like, trippy I mean I was it was really trippy and I could feel it I could like feel the pain and I was like this kid's suffering yeah and he was like yeah I left I moved to California and I'm just trying to relax well it's interesting that this happened prior to um, the recent CIA leak. Did mm-hmm. you hear about that? The feminism one? No, it's a different one. I do want to share the feminism one. This was actually another... But they're not leaked. Like, they're on the website. So it's not like... I want to just, like, reiterate for people. Like, this isn't, like, conspiracy theory. Like, some YouTuber was like, hey, guys, I found this. It's, like, it's out there for public consumption. It's just not really taken... I don't know. It just doesn't take it seriously. But feminism, like, 
like in okay there's another thing i have to say which relates to this but felt like um this kind of like campaign for like more feminism and like getting americans really on board with like feminism was part of like the um making the public comfortable with them going into iraq Mm -hmm. because we were critical of the muslim religion yeah and we were critical of the fact that like you know the women can't drive and they have to wear like burqas and they have no power and so we think oh wow they must be so uncivilized because in the u.s we're feminist right and i mean you know whatever you feel about anything like obviously freedom is good and whatever but it's like that is kind of crazy to think that that you know that thought was like <laughs> implemented into our yeah and our so also cultural. the guy that i was talking to which and i feel like some people are like well you want to date he's probably lying to impress you but like actually i just was like didn't like the person so i kept probing with questions to fill time right and at the end he was like i i feel like i said too much and like i was like sorry it's just so freaky <laughs> well people really they say with virgos people dump on you and that's mm-hmm. very true mm-hmm. And then if you ask questions, it's, like, even worse. But he just told me so much that I think he didn't want to. Um, and wait, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. And then he said that. And I was like, well, what was the data? Like, who owned the agency? And it was, like, it was two government agencies and another agency that's just been around for, like, decades that they're literally, they're just an agency that creates, like, the ideology for the next few years for the political parties. Mm-hmm. And I was like... I was like, isn't that, I was like, what? I was like, isn't that crazy? Like, isn't that kind of like conspiracy theorists like being right? That like all thought is invented. And he was like, oh yeah. He was like, all ideology is implanted by somebody. Mm-hmm. And so there's literally like an association that was like doing that with them. But he was like, we did do some good stuff. He was like, like we were in charge of all the data for Apple to get the most, the least blood diamonds they could for their batteries. Mm-hmm. Like for Apple, it was like in- important that they had the most ethical batteries. Yeah. So he was like, that. there was some good stuff, but also it's like, you know. Anyway, it's crazy. So what was the CIA thing you were saying? <laughs> um, well, basically, like, the date that you went on was prior to, um, basically, there was a CIA memo that, mm-hmm. that was leaked that basically talked about how dozens of CIA informants have been killed, arrested, or compromised in the last several years. Um increasing danger to agents is something that the CIA already knows mm. and basically like then there's um, a really good um, daily podcast episode unpacking it but basically the idea is like we got so embroiled with um, counterterrorism mm. and we stopped do we actually stopped doing spy work like we stopped emphasizing spy work and meanwhile mm. like Russia and China are so technologically advanced now mm. we're constantly like trying to thwart efforts from china to get into our cyber Mm. security and obviously like russia like whether or not you believe this like russia did influence like the past two election cycles Mm. and so we're not like keeping up and in addition like they've lost dozens of agents in the past like four or five years Mm. um and also some of that is informants turning like Mm. informants um you know going and there was a, a terrible mm. incident where they had a, um, I think a Jordanian um, doctor, mm. and he was going to become an informant for I think the Taliban, and or Al Qaeda, one of the two. And so basically, they they brought him in, and they were so happy to have him because mm. it's so hard to get informants in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do any security checks on him. Mm. They brought him in the building. He had been turned into a double agent by whichever. Um, whichever al-qaeda or the taliban and he mm. blew up the the, the safe house mm-hmm. he was a suicide bomber <laughs> so it's like 
horrifying it's horrifying yeah, that's like the 9-11 thing which was really and yeah that was the most like so it's like that like i think that was really like when i heard you say that a couple weeks ago i was like that's so horrifying but like that is happening all the time yeah. because the stakes are so high and people's lives are so compromised mm-hmm. like it's it's not yeah. so it's it's literally in the fault it's 100 100 percent in the fault of these really tiny government agencies that we mm-hmm. can't see <laughs> and then all the humans are just collateral and the story is oh these evil mm-hmm. these evil muslims did it so now you guys are going to support us going to iraq for the next whatever yeah it just turns i mean that's what a good narcissist does don't they <laughs> right <laughs> they know how to work with everything yeah. no matter what that's what i always say i'm like the government's like a nurse it's like a nurse it's like how i feel about the government especially after a pandemic and everything is just like it's when you're friends with someone who's really narcissistic and at a certain point you're just like there's never going to be a truth here there's never going to be any soothing here so mm. i'm just like not your friend anymore <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think in any way <laughs> yeah in any capacity um but that's how i feel too and then i see people like even when i heard the cia the feminist thought thing i was like i feel lately i just feel really against like sharing articles mm-hmm. and i i realized that sharing articles has been a thing that people do to show who they are right mm-hmm. you, you mean share, sharing on in, on internet on the instagram like in your story you're like you know this sharing on internet <laughs> sharing on internet <laughs> no like sharing articles like yeah like educationally with friends and being like what do you think of this but like putting it on your like putting a headline in your story that someone's just gonna tap through that says right. like you know this this crazy person like didn't agree with this like i don't know just all that stuff you know yeah i'm like who benefits from this you know it infiltrates an app that could easily be a place of like soothing and creativity that we need right, right. and it gives them and that's clicks. the whole thing that the yeah. facebook shit that came out recently yeah. like the facebook whistleblower which um i you know isn't surprising in any way mm-hmm. but just to have that person like completely confirm that facebook is actually fully aware of the stuff that they're doing yeah say what happened just in case someone didn't follow it um so this whistleblower francis hoggin uh, <laughs> because... we have a movie about her yeah francis, francis hogg <laughs> is she a biopic um, i watch francis hogg and i think it's interesting i don't know yeah we definitely should. the more time we should on, watch the more it. i don't like it in my heart we should watch it and then review it on the pod that's a great idea because um, now we're her age yeah we are we saw it when we were younger, and then we mm-hmm. thought it was so funny. I also didn't want to end up like her. Well, I mean, I don't think we are. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like we did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so Frances Hogan, she basically was a Facebook exec or whatever, and or in the room with executives in their conversations, mm. and she. Um, was a whistleblower which is basically when you tell on the company that you work for but you do it in like a big public governmental way Mm -hmm. and informed everyone that basically facebook who is constantly like we need more regulation like we'd really love to like be better (laughs) um yeah they're like we can take your likes away if you want (laughs) yeah is that helpful in any way Uh, um (laughs) um, look at our mall cafeteria design again (laughs) look at this memory you don't like your ads Mm. <laughs> um so basically she she, she said she said Facebook's psycho. <laughs> Facebook is crazy. She said that Facebook is very aware of everything that they are doing and they also like um like pit people against each other in the way that 
it feels like you're pitted against each other when you Mm -hmm. go on Facebook or you go on Instagram, but they do find opposing people and like sort of the algorithm does line people up. Okay, say the meaningful interactions thing because I just think that's so corporate and so on the nose. Okay, that's what it is. So that term. So basically they, their goal is to create more quote meaningful interactions and that's the term that they use in meetings and things like that. Oh my God. But meaningful interactions are things that are most of the time inflammatory and will keep you on the app. So it's something when you see like, your crazy uncle posts something weird on your Facebook timeline and mm-hmm. you get pissed off about it and you, you they know, show it to you first thing you. in the morning. Yeah, they comment on it, you know, and it, it brings you for like a whole day of like anger on this app. Mm-hmm. And that's a meaningful interaction. So those are the goals that they actually have. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't go on Facebook. I'm actually systematically deleting all my friends. I'm I haven't gonna, been like, on it. Go dark. Time. Yeah. I did that a while ago. Yeah, I yeah. have my name is like spelled differently. You wouldn't be able to find me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it's just like, it is It is very much disappointing that, you know, Instagram is part of this realm because mm-hmm. this is how, like, we make our livelihoods. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there will be, like, a turning of the tide. And this is something also with the, <laughs> with the <laughs> Ezra Klein crypto thing is they were talking about um, in the future, like, a decentralized social media platform. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with, Facebook right I now. have been predicting that. Yeah. I have. That's, anyway, you know, keep going. Keep, keep, you expand. <laughs> <Say more. laughs> you, are, you are done with your... I don't, think I, I don't think I had much more to say other than, like, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's... And, and the thing with the crypto decentralization mm. um, is, like, the problem is, like, we're not able to make money off of our our creativity other than, like, we have to work so hard to make money off of our creativity on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like we have to get to a certain number of followers and we finally Mm -hmm. get the swipe up. Then we have to generate the thing, but Facebook and is making money off of us all the time. Yeah. 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 And like, we are the consumer and Mm -hmm. we're also like the product, and we're the ant farm. Yeah. And so (laughs) it decentralizing, it would make it so like we could just do like micro payments to people when we want to like support them absolutely well here's the thing i was i had my like moment but i think it passed in the sense that like i used to think i was like okay the great thing about tumblr all these things was that there was no identity and they're like attached to the profiles and there Mm -hmm. was no incentive to commodify your identity which instagram has i remember talking about this with harry and i was like what's different about instagram is like you know on tumblr you could post a really cute photo of something you bought or something you're wearing and now when you do that you're aware of the fact that someone's getting thousands of dollars to do the same thing Mm -hmm. and so you might like not or like there's this new aspect of just competition interesting even if you're not trying to be an influencer you're Mm -hmm. still like everything becomes an ad even if it's not even Mm -hmm. if you're genuinely just happy with your starbucks you know what i mean um but that's happy with your starbucks (laughs) yeah and you want to post it now it's like (laughs) why aren't they paying me or like sponsor me right but I was also thinking about this too, where it was like, for example, with Sai Spoon, it's like I was anonymous for two years and like nobody cared about me until that they could see me and right. hear me. And I just think about how that's something that's going to kind of like, I wonder how that's going to play out where it's like, even if we were all avatars making art, and I think that there is value in that somewhere that I don't understand yet. I think human beings really need those human stories to get attached to an artist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. of what are the most famous artists weren't just like, I mean, some, you know, they, it starts with their work and it, you find out about them later, but usually there's, like, a narrative attached to it, like, you know, mm-hmm. Dali and Andy Warhol, and, like, you get this vibe with their art that comes right. with it that I don't know could be 
could it be simulated on like a yeah that's interesting a digital app where you never see me you never hear me yeah i am a character we would have to get attached to characters which we do all the time we do i mean this is the thing is i think Hmm. the generation below us is already getting there like with roblox and minecraft or whatever it's called Mm -hmm. and like they that's where they like go to party and live and like because because that's the that's like we're like pandemic generation but they're Mm -hmm. like really pandemic generation like they're the going web type. influenced forever by wait who is the no generation gen z oh i know i feel so i wonder you know it's funny because did, did they feel bad for us like did boomers feel bad for us well i feel this really is bad for is gen z fucking annoying is boomers were so mean to us they were like millennials are lazy millennials like don't want to work for real millennials blah 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 and but they didn't feel sorry for us they didn't that's what i'm saying is yeah. they didn't feel sorry they were fucking mean to us and mm. it's actually like we've inherited their but we were happy we were happy we were happy until we weren't also yeah then we went through a huge recession Mm -hmm. a pandemic um like we were like lazy narcissistic idiots but we were going to festivals and falling in love and like replaying old outfits (laughs) like from the past yeah and doing weird experimental animal collective music and then I see this generation. I mean, there's still some but we of are, that. But because we've been, like, the guinea pigs of this entire... <laughs> internet, yeah. Yeah, this, we've been the guinea uh, pigs of the internet and, like, making money off the I'm internet. I'm grateful, grateful that I, we were guinea pigs. Like, I'm grateful that like, I remember a time where I couldn't go onto, like, Instagram on my phone. I know. Um, we are the golden generation. <laughs> um, in terms of, ex- like, observation, observation, I think. Yeah, we are the, like, in between. But Gen Z is really getting caught up in shit that's just, like, not their business. Like, teenagers shouldn't be thinking about, like, <laughs> political warfare or, like, media narratives that aren't fucking true, you yeah. know? They shouldn't be, like, going to bat for 9-11 when in reality it was some double agent bullshit. <laughs> Who's going to bat for 9-11? Like, I mean, just, like, just in your, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, metaphorically. Like, getting hyped on some, like, tragic media sure, narrative sure, sure, when you sure, don't sure, even know the truth. Sure. It's like, no, you should be, like, getting drunk in a parking lot. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I agree with that, like, accelerating the their adolescence or whatever yeah for things that like you know somebody asked me for advice like on patreon i got this really cute message that was like i'm a teenager (laughs) like what advice would you give to a teenager and i literally spent like 30 minutes on that question because it's the best question (laughs) and but one of the things i said was i was just like there's this way that we think everything is doomed but it's never not been Mm -hmm. you know what i mean totally like 2001 we were in second grade that's when 9 11 happened that changed the world forever it changed airport travel it changed safety it changed like our ideas on war (laughs) ideas on like how to like receive information yeah yeah. if i was 28 at that time i would probably be on message boards feeling the same way like it's over the world is ending and it's like okay well the world's been ending forever yeah and i feel like the biggest mistake you can make is just carrying that all day and not zooming out and being like there has always been a crisis yeah yeah yeah, aids in the 80s you know what i mean totally (laughs) i i agree with that i think that's very true i do like have a small part of me that believes that this is a little more existential than ever Mm -hmm. because of like climate change and that's gonna it'll it will just shift it like we we will not like our la won't look the same in 20 years like yeah that's just that's just what is your prediction how la is gonna look i felt like it was gonna be like a barren drought land Mm -hmm. but now last this past summer now that it was like humid i was like maybe there's a chance that we'll get some like thing and maybe we'll get like snow like maybe Mm there will be some sort of weird change but i don't think venice (laughs) beach will exist Pangea. You know. Pangea's gonna come back. 
<laughs> that would be crazy. I miss Pangea. Do you? Remember chilling on Pangea? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you said remember Shelly. And I was like, I went to a high school with Shelly. Um, anyway, it's just, so like, that's just going to be a huge shift. I just, I do believe that. And so it's like, yeah, we've always had something going on. But like, this is something that is like similar to like an ice age that's about to happen yeah maybe possibly i mean not no, it's not okay. ice age i'm yeah. not saying it's gonna be ice age but okay. i'm saying like but my I, whole thing is like okay that's really possible and that's cool and like do what you can but like i'm not saying you, we can do much yeah, i'm just yeah. saying like but I mean, imagine to... carrying that doom and then in 20 years they're like oh it was a sure 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 you know like it was okay (laughs) yeah no i get that i don't think it's anyone's responsibility to carry full time yeah but i think if you're growing up like if you're if you're like 15 or whatever or like Mm -hmm. 12 right now it's trippy man yeah like i feel so i feel very bad for them oh totally i think it's wise if you are a youth to remember that like do your yeah do your part you know what i mean like don't don't buy a bunch of plastic straws and use one every day like obviously like be and not only because it's for the environment but just because that's a better way to live you know yeah it's like find a great pair of pants wear them for 20 years like yeah. that kind of vibe and be conscious in that way but like don't sit here calculating every day and finding reasons you know when it's like what is that gonna do there's nothing that you can you on a grand yeah. scale like there's systemic changes that need to occur and your like tiny little like teenage yeah. brain isn't going to do anything no like, offense regret it. yeah <laughs> no it's, it's sad but, but it's like true but yeah it, it is i think the best thing is like living as though the earth was an extension of you because it is mm-hmm. but like falling into like doom scrolling isn't going to do it isn't yeah. going to do anything and this is the thing is like this is cliche but it is absolutely true like world peace starts from the everyone on an individual level i also hate how those messages are like called spiritual bypassing when they have a lot of truth it's very true (laughs) like i again like i can't i can't do anything if i let myself fall into depression totally i can't do anything productive for the Mm -hmm. world so how how are we all supposed to like move forward if we're all like living at like a low frequency of depression i know and worry and everything that's how i feel too it's like it, because it's, it's literally so hard to just like take joey for a walk okay on a bad I feel day. That. Oh, I feel you know that, what i mean yeah. how how are we supposed to create meaningful change yeah <laughs> and, like you in know? theory that shouldn't be hard yeah should be a walk it should be nice it's not um fuck yeah but i just like that's the energy i have it's just like my feeling with all <sighs> of these sorts of things is like we operate within an unknown space like we the future is unknown this next moment is unknown Mm. like that's just how it is and there's no getting around that and i think thinking about things unless it's like your job and you're literally being compensated because it is taxing Mm -hmm. to do that like why do it because why act like it's your job because we live we the, the world is full of unknowns and i think i think a lot of conspiracy theorists and you know don't at me are like <laughs> just see- searching for a known that isn't possible yeah there isn't un- yeah exactly like both ends of the spectrum like the people who like scour the internet all, every day. all conspiracy yeah all conspiracy all like people who need to like try to find this answer but conspiracy and perceived fact i will say sure no but yeah, uh, yeah it's like it's all the same thing mm-hmm. because if you feel yeah 
if you're in that realm of like desperate searching <laughs> yeah because you're it's like everything is going to be like bifurcated and there's no unfortunately like there's no singular narrative mm-hmm. and so i think it can just be like a rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole trying to like grasp like truth or whatever mm-hmm. rather than like you know reckoning with the fact that like truth is different for everyone mm-hmm. and can be manufactured it can be manufactured and we are also like living again in just in a huge system on system on system on mm-hmm. system and at the end of the day a fucking meteor could hit us in two <laughs> minutes that's what that's marina, the abramovich, marina abramovich said that at her talk really yeah they were like how i don't know i forgot what the question was but the interviewer was just like how do you <laughs> it was like a broad question like how do you do this you know or something <laughs> something i don't know um and she was like we're in this auditorium she was like a, the whole world could fall apart she, the, the, the ceiling could cave in we're all dead she, she was like that's why i do what i do yeah and i was like yes marina but that's just like the fact of it yeah yeah I also think it's not I'm not trying to be super critical of people because I understand where that impulse comes from too because we have the illusion mm-hmm. of having all the answers because you can go on Google yeah, you can say when was the last time a meter hit the earth you know you can get a timeline and these like things that we have accepted as fact we can just access really quickly so it feels maddening especially mm-hmm. in times of like global flux to not have an answer and then be like you know why there isn't an answer there must be a a chain of events that Mm -hmm. is like preventing me from having the answer when it's like actually babe like a lot of those people telling you the answers Mm -hmm. are like so it's guesswork sometimes and like totally guesswork there's just so many things that we can't predict Mm -hmm. and so like I don't know. That's just how I feel about a lot of things. But and does also, that make sense? I'm no, not trying 100%. to be critical because I understand why. We yeah, me feel neither. That way. In fact, I'm trying to be way less critical of people because I just understand that a lot of these systems function to have us see the worst in people, not because they're mm-hmm. the worst, but because they get a reaction from them at a worse time. Yeah. And I was even thinking about how strange, like the internet community is in the sense that let's say I say someone something and someone's triggered by it, like they act like it's in the same round or like just by anything on the internet like even me seeing some a video and being annoyed and like triggered it's like we feel when we're on social media that it's working by the same rules as like an interpersonal reaction whereas like if you say something to me mm-hmm. that i find triggering in our own relationship together it's important that i tell you that mm-hmm. and that we say like oh that's not something that you are happy to talk about or hear let's mm-hmm. not do that anymore and vice versa but like on the internet that's just not the case and mm-hmm. i think people social media like is on such a thin line between kind of the headspace you're in when you're like reading a book or watching a movie and you know that you can't just like contact the author sure, yeah. <laughs> you know and be like hey that triggered me or that character i was irresponsible but with yeah. social media it, there's this like parasocial feeling that actually doesn't exist right. and only exists accountability can only exist in a community of people who are like yeah, in community it's a, it's you know a street yeah <laughs> And that's also something, like, with Twitter, it's, like, you think you can contact the author of the book you're reading nowadays. Like, you literally think you can, like, tweet at it. Unless it's, like, J.K. Rowling. But even her, now she got canceled for saying something she's transphobic transphobic, yeah. But she's not... Is she transphobic, or did she say something that was, like, weird? She... I don't remember exactly what she said, but she was sort of, like... Oh, women are women or something like that. Yeah, she was, like, sex is defined by... And it's, like, bro, like, you're missing it. You're missing yeah. it. You're sounding... 
you're sounding bad. Um, but Go I, back to I, the I, castle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I was like, we don't have to talk about that. No, I, know. <laughs> I was just, I was going to make a joke being like, bad art friend. Because like, oh every God. podcast is like talking about talking it. Talking about that. But it's so, I find it too boring. Do we want to talk about that? We could say our opinion because I think our takes, I hadn't heard anyone say our takes. Okay. Okay, there was an article, you guys, that I actually do recommend you reading because I wasn't going to read it until I saw everyone posting about it. Because yeah. it's really long and I don't read anything. Oh, there's also, <laughs> if you go to the New York Times, there is an audible, like, someone's recorded it and i listened to it it's an hour long okay so bad art friend if you are like us and you're like not glued to like the new york times but you're like kind of down um you should read it it's interesting and really just it has a lot of layers to me but it's basically we'll just say (laughs) (laughs) this woman is in an art group in a literary or a writing group. group on facebook and her name is dawn and she uh gets she donates her kidney to like anybody like she just gets her like kidney taken out basically and like open source kidney open source kidney and then she writes and she makes a group on facebook with all her like literary friends like all these people are writers including her quote unquote is a writer and um basically tells the story of her donating the kidney and she positions herself as this kind of like savior person who is doing this super like altruistic thing of like donating a kidney and not even to like a family member or friend but like she says like her whole thing is she came from a family that was like abusive Mm -hmm. and so she didn't formulate like attachment at a young age Mm -hmm. and so her position is that she finally overcame that trauma and was able to like give literally a part of herself mm-hmm. and like pass the psychology the psycho- psychological tests to see if she could do it yeah and that was like how she put po- like put it out there yeah and she put in this group and then she didn't get any responses and nobody really cared she got some responses but the 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 thing is she didn't get a response from this one author but she said in the thing that she was surprised at how few people interacted with the story that was a big part of the beginning it was like she put this story out there and that was like the first sign that they weren't on her side okay was like she put this story on facebook with her so imagine you like have a college crew like your old social scene in college (laughs) and you have them in a facebook group and you're like yo guys look at this story that i think is really impactful that something about i did and she puts it out there and then nobody really cares and then they like sort of people kind of do and one person in particular that i guess she really cared about the opinion of didn't care and then later she finds out that this woman in the literary group is writing a story about someone donating their kidney that is 100 percent based on her posts in the right. facebook group that she wasn't interacting with at all but like secretly watching yeah and i feel like this is spoiler alert vibes but i also yeah think spoiler you can, but you can enjoy the article with this too i would still read it and yeah. have my own takes but um so she sues her i also feel like 90 percent of the people listening have read it like really so many podcasts talk about it okay fine but i love but spoiler it. alert I yeah think spoiler for sure. alert it's been a while it's good to talk about things late. I'm sure everyone had the time. I'm to happy it. to talk about it. I'm just, I'm just saying I think our audience is, yeah. is on it. Also, you guys, this is a really long pod because we're late and uh, talking feels really good right now. We're just happy to have so, you. Sonia. <laughs> so Sonia. So Sonia writes the thing and it's like based on her and then she gets word from another person. Dawn gets word in the literary group from this other person. It's like, yo, this she's writing about someone who donated a kidney and she gets really offended and is like, this is my story. But in the same way, it's like, the story the story is not exactly dawn like yeah the sonia uses a character repeatedly in her short stories, yeah. and she's using that same character 
Yes. Um, and Dawn, Dawn is like, and I almost wonder if this is something that like bothered Dawn, but like <laughs> Dawn's character is the side character. She's not the main character. Yeah. She's like the catalyst for the story. And she's also in the character that she says is like based on her is the writer was Asian American, Sonia. Yeah. yeah. And so she was writing about like a white savior complex from this position. And so basically for the longest time in the article, you think that it's just a battle between someone who inspired somebody else and who is a little bitter that they didn't, maybe didn't write their own story about the kidney that's now getting attention in the literary group. And that's what it seems like. But then it goes deeper when you find out that their uh, WhatsApp conversations were subpoenaed or something. And yeah. then it turns out that the writer writing about the kidney, it was 100% like inspired by her in the sense that she was talking shit about her the whole time, being like, oh, this, you know, this woman thinks she's so... Can you believe that Dawn yeah, is... Yeah. She's, such, she's so crazy. She's such a savior type. So then it kind of flips into this thing. I mean, I think they're both wrong, but I have a lot to say about it. Um, is it kind of raises the question one about like just like plagiarism and like copying which you know is a big deal but then also like intention yeah like for me like I was totally on the other girl side of just like yeah you could write about the f- a fucking kidney like you could be like oh I never thought about how trippy it is that people donate kidneys and now I'm gonna write a story and like yeah that was fine but then when I found out about the like intention behind it and the fact that like a lot of the fuel for her piece was talking shit i was like mm-hmm. okay yeah i don't know if like there's a place for like suing but i do think it just went too, <coughs> went too far with like the lawyers and stuff like that because yeah. like it's and it becomes a sort of desperate thing with with dawn because basically the the thing that was copied was like the the small facebook passage that was sort of like i'm happy to the s- letter she wrote yeah with, like, she, she wrote a letter name. to the the donee the recipient yeah. And that was what was copied. And so then Dawn, like, did her own internet research and found that there was, like, a an earlier edition of this short story that was, that was completely copied. But I think the real tea for, for me, one. I feel like the big takeaway from that whole thing, and I think it's a cautionary tale, that if you're a writer, you better be writing. And if you're an artist, you better be making art because you're, you're going to turn into Dawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, like, it was so clear that she was, like, a writer that doesn't write anymore but still sees herself as a writer. And I think a lot of creatives are like this. I mean, I definitely get, like, this in slow periods where it's, like, I still have my, like, artist mind and my, like, ideas, but I'm not practicing. Yeah. So, but then you, you still orient yourself as a writer. So Dawn, for example, I'm sure that her giving up this kidney and telling the story to her was a form of storytelling. But yeah. a form of social media storytelling that isn't as substantial, rewarding, or dignified as writing a story, which yeah. she probably wanted to do, but maybe doesn't have it in her as much. And so it's she also puts this like thing. sad because Dawn did the kidney thing, and then like real quick, it seemed like the story came out. So even if she was gonna yeah. write her, own thing. it was like happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it was almost like she was kind of in the energy of like storytelling without getting a story and then someone else got a story out of her like yeah so I almost like that's what I felt like I was like this is a writer who doesn't write that was hoping that her literary group would feel how she felt about herself which was this is a really interesting performance that I'm doing yeah I am I just how cool it would have been if she said that (laughs) yeah and it's and then it hurts because then that person gets to reap the benefits of being a storyteller an actualized storyteller you don't have to give up your kidney to do it and then also storytelling. I mean, social media, too, that brings in social media, like, the thin line between, like, storytelling on social media and then just being an insufferable person talking about themselves. Right. It's, like, right. you know, art and, like, yes. writing is a way to take your... Be the, not the subject. But yeah. social media, it's, like, everyone's a subject. You know, anyone who talks about themselves is technically a storyteller. Yeah. I have to pee real quick. Anyways, that was my take. I was, like, don't become Dawn, but I understand how she got where she got. I know. 
um, I feel like you sort of summed up for me what I was feeling. When I was listening to it, I sort of felt like anxious because I have a tendency to take on the personalities of like stories that I'm reading. Uh, oh yeah, you do that when you thought you had schizophrenia. That. Yeah, so classic. <laughs> um, and so I was really like, oh my god, am I Dawn? Like this is so shitty. Like I can't believe I'm Dawn. Like why didn't you're, anyone for the record, tell me? You're not and so that was really stressful. Um, and then and then it got more advanced, and I was like, well, I'd never yeah. sue someone over like a Facebook post. You never, you wouldn't. I don't know. First of all, you wouldn't you wouldn't share your kidney story like it was like. The grace of God. Totally. I mean, I don't. I don't think I, you're not Dawn. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But that's. I love that you have that reaction. That's yeah. very, very. So me. Um, <laughs> you didn't think you were Sonia? No. Larson. Larson. Yeah. Larson. What about that third character, Larson? She. The paper boy. Well, what's funny Sting. is um, just making stuff up. You know. So and so then there's the whole thing like the spinoff of like Celeste Ng being like attacked on twitter for being one of the shit talkers yeah and it's so funny because it's, it's like the, that article when i got to the point where they started calling out other writers i was like mm-hmm. this has gone too far like this is this this like these two women's mess mm-hmm. we can't be also if anyone's acting like it's a big issue and not just some gossip that could literally happen like in your like shared art house yeah <laughs> like like where did it go yeah um it's just like i think everyone <laughs> loves the story because it's so common but it was taken to an extreme that nobody would ever go to yeah like the thing and the thing that really like cinched it for me was at at the very end of the article um dawn is goes on zoom and like watches these conferences that sonia is like a headliner at (laughs) and it's like that's how it ends it's like she's still watching she's still watching and i just feel like it's sort of sad because i i think that she's just a cautionary tale of of yeah when you don't pursue your your work it like will reroute into other forms and you don't know how that's going to manifest and you become vindictive and it's like it's her own yeah i mean and it's like of course like it's not cool to mm-hmm. like shit talk for so long it's a little bit like dude sonia like find something else to talk about like <laughs> but because i feel that way when people like talk about shit talk about someone for so long i'm like are we done like you know yeah, is the bit over yeah yeah um so i bet that that's that was true. like the point should be getting like i think the point of gossiping is, is like you should get to a conclusion eventually yeah yeah rather than just like this person still sucks yeah and it's like well you're not even interacting with them so but the other layer of dawn too of, of that take that i think we both agree with of just her being like a writer that doesn't write and getting the whatever what happens when you're like that mm-hmm. is also like the fact that when you're a writer that doesn't write an artist that doesn't art you still are attached to the identity of it yeah and it's like her attachment to the identity is so witnessed in her like humiliation of like not being accepted by those people yeah you know and it's it's just i just think it's so interesting like it's just really gets me going totally and it's also like <laughs> it's a fact <laughs> when i don't know this but i'm positive and this is a theory but like maybe when you are not doing your th- thing that you should be doing Mm -hmm. the community is like that much more important to you because you're hoping to get validation that you're still yeah part of it you need it more than ever yeah that's facts and that's and then in turn you just fuck yourself more because she's more deep in the hole of not writing you know the funny thing too is she's like she's led like writing workshops Mm -hmm. and you know attachment there is an attachment this is another thing part of it too is you can get attached to the approval of a social scene yeah and get like have such tunnel vision absolutely and i feel like that's happened to me before but luckily not to such a big degree Mm -hmm. 
Um, and a lot of those people like, mean, fell from grace. You didn't sue anyone? <laughs> <laughs> didn't sue anyone, didn't round them all up in a Facebook group to look at me. Um, <laughs> I just made a big Instagram account where nobody could escape me. <laughs> I was talking about that with Harry, and I was like, I never think about what it's like to like have an ex that's like right reposted a right. lot you know what i mean yeah like i don't have any exes where i would like see their repost unless they're like tagged in a story and like yeah i don't know <laughs> it's probably trippy man <laughs> um like another meme from my <laughs> horrible ex <laughs> why is she still talking um i wonder if anyone wants me dead um do you ever think about that i don't think anyone wants me <laughs> Okay, back. But <laughs> what was I saying though? I was saying something. We were talking about oh, social scene. I yeah. Spoke. Another cautionary tale: don't get attached to a social yeah. scene's approval or yeah. one person's approval as your validation, because then you'll you won't see anything. Especially else. if they're called the Chunky Monkeys or Grub Street. And if they're not responding names. to you, yeah. If you're if you're not getting feedback, like have some self respect. Elsewhere. Also, I think she was in LA and they were like in New York or something. Yeah. And I was like, Yo, girl, retire. I see that though. Oh my god, look when you like. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're playing with Joe. Um, <sighs> it is. It's very. I love that article. I, it was I, so entertaining. It was. It was entertaining. I thought it would be a repeat of like past um, articles, and it wasn't. It was a whole other level because people. I also feel like it's helpful when you have people who are middle aged, because mm-hmm. we're so used to hearing stories about like people our age, sort of like being crazy i know i love like reading about older a people. developed thing where it's like you yeah. can still be this way at this age so it doesn't get better on its own you and know there's so I mean? much to take from it like i said these cautionary tales yeah it's like i'm not reading about someone in my vicinity like yeah this is like a, i don't want to be like this when i'm i also think it's 40. just very poor form to be like shit talking in a giant group text with people who are also your colleagues yeah it's not it's, it's very very true you know i always like to think about how in that psychology class I have, I've talked about this before. I think I talked about it in the last pod where like gossip is like a team building exercise. Right. That's like innate. Oh my god, she's a wood chip. Her yeah, her fucking paws. <laughs> always she has these little like, furry paws. Um, and I think that can happen, especially like it's just, it's unfortunate. But I, I just even saw that happen in, in like our roommate dynamics when we had like five roommates. Right, it's right, like right. sometimes like three people would be like upset at one person right. together, usually for good reason. Yeah. But it just like strengthens you so much, or yeah. like at work, like coworkers. It strengthens like- you, but I also feel like, you know, specifically speaking on like our house dynamic, mm-hmm. like it sucks. It was it was <laughs> shitty because it, at any point you're wondering like, am I the odd one out this week? Oh, like, absolutely. Why is yeah. why aren't people talking to me in the kitchen? Like, mm-hmm. and that's a terrible way to live because then it actually is more divisive because at, then it becomes more like every man for themselves. Like, no, yeah, yeah. It's so <laughs> shitty, and I I was like I wasn't even really in the fray of that because I didn't yeah. care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like, yeah, yeah. But like, it still affected me. Like, terrible. terrible. I also feel yeah. Because if yeah. someone can take someone down, on, especially on something on a small, on a, for a small reason, mm-hmm. it for me it erodes trust in them. Absolutely, and there's a way to do it. Like I think there's one way to like, and promise. I don't trust anybody. <laughs> like actually, like well, there's a way to like pro- process someone, and I right. think the, it's all it takes is like language. It's like it's a big totally. big difference between being like, oh, this terrible, disgusting person is like you know, mm-hmm. and being like, you know, they're like this, and I don't like it. And yeah, it, obviously, like you can't keep <sighs> everything inside. Of course. And that's... Otherwise, you'll become Dawn. 
the dawn has come well dawn also dawn has anyone talked about like dawn and (laughs) sonia like they're opposites dawn dawn is when the sun sets right or when the sun rises rises. dawn (laughs) dawn and sun (laughs) something is there (laughs) joey what do you think (laughs) dawn rose so sonia could sun so sonia could larson (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Don Dorland. Yeah, what was her last name? Dorland. Dorland. Jesus Christ. Dorland. Dorland. <laughs> Dawn oh. of the land of doors. Of the doors land. Um. I saw this influencer, and his name was Rich Manley. And I was like, "Did you make that up?" That's what I feel about. I was like, I think I was like just peeing the other day, and I was like, "JT First Man." And oh I was yeah. Like, what a name to have. Names are crazy. I was thinking that with like my name i was like i don't really like like my name <laughs> gabby abrao i don't like <laughs> who is she <laughs> well that's how i feel about waylon i know but at least everyone can say it i don't know i always feel like i like how my name looks in writing but yeah. i don't like how it's like nobody knows how to say, it's just awkward for everybody people don't know how to say my name they say Wayland or Wayland yeah or, that's true it's that's true why I cut it out <laughs> at least i have a squiggle i guess i get it i get it you're you, I'm win. you win gabby i'm ethnic i was you saying win. i was like this week i get to be a poc because <laughs> well there's this ongoing thing where it's like people used to say i was like a poc latina like online and then they were like you're white passing and they were like you're white and so i'm always like okay guys like <laughs> leave me alone but uh this this week i was like oh today's my poc week because i got an email from this brand that was like we're doing this like poc women only campaign and, like That's reached cool. out to me and then I was walking down the street, and these, like, old white crackheads were like, Hola, como estas? No <laughs> fucking way. And I, I was, like, my hair was, like, you know, big. It looked good. But I just think it's so funny. Like, I love that vibe. The, like, in-between vibe of yeah. being, like, some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But people really, like, go, people, like, go to bat. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Go yeah, to yeah. bat on my, like, outer like identity. identity city, yeah. And I'm just, like, some weeks. <laughs> some weeks again, hola, como estas? Some weeks I get a, are you Persian, my son? (laughs) (laughs) So many Persian moms have come after me. Anyways, why am I talking about that? Oh, because of our last name. Yeah. Yeah, I've had to really think about my fucking name lately. As like a public thing. Yeah. Whatever, right? I've always had problems with it. Um, anything else? Okay, bad art friend. Don't <laughs> don't be an artist. <laughs> yeah. So the title comes from an email, right? Where she's like, "Am I being a bad art friend?" Is that it? Oh, I don't think I understood that. I just thought that they named it that. <laughs> I don't know. There's, it's in there. It's in there. But I, I can't remember. What, like, I wish it was more prominent in the article because I do love the name, bad art friend. Mm-hmm. Um. I also, I also will say one more thing about this is like I don't know if this could happen with our generation because we're so much more used to people copying our shit. Oh, I know. I really have had to be okay with that. Yeah, I had this woman. It still annoys me, but I'm just trying to like get over it. Is I made the How to Heal Heartbreak Guide, mm-hmm. and this person who's pretty big in a way, but they specialize in like gift books and they have like a specific aesthetic when I mean, they're just that kind of person that you'd like see one of their books at like a millennial bookshop. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And she actually did an event at the bookstore I was working at and she was like, I just thought that was so wonderful. Two years later, she emails me and she's like, hey, I'm coming out with a book and um, I just realized like you have a book out with the same name. And it was like her, I felt like she was her fully aware of what she did, but like wow. legally clearing it. Yeah. And she was like, um, and her book is called How to Heal Heartbreak. 
and not only that but the back of it is literally word for word some of the things that I said and I was really annoyed for a second I just didn't reply like I was like I'm not gonna play this game yeah I'm not gonna reply and say all I said was oh I didn't come out with a book like that Mm -hmm. because I didn't it's Mm -hmm. not a book but it is my like IP hardcore yeah and I could fucking if I sued her I'd win (laughs) yeah hardcore especially with the evidence of her loving it and stuff but I just felt like it was so like lame. Like I was like, "You need my idea. Yeah. Like, why do you need? Why couldn't you just name it something else?" Oh. Yeah. And I really had to do some like self work on that in the sense that I was like, "What am I? What story am I telling? If I get mad at this, right. I was like, I'm telling a scarcity story where right. this casual guide I made, which I don't really care to turn into a book. I think that would be really cute, but my passion isn't to give heartbreak advice. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, if I get so upset over this and that's me telling the world like this is my little sure <laughs> you know it's sure. me telling the world i don't have a bounty of ideas yeah where this is so insignificant insignificant and i was like yeah and it is annoying but it's just annoying like i said in the bad art friend sense where yeah. it's just like it just doesn't feel good and i you know i wonder how i'd feel if it was really successful because like i'm sure she sold a lot in like gift stores but it's not like a beacon of sure you know. right it's not a touchstone of literary um, <laughs> um no i do think this is something that my parents weirdly raised me with which is like this idea of kill your darlings mm. and like don't but just not to treat things like with uh kit gloves and like mm. nothing is precious totally and especially things you create you should be able to throw them away mm-hmm. um and something that struck me about the bat art friend i thing is like dawn is like a writing teacher and that's like a very very basic principle of writing is like mm. nothing is precious you should be able to move on and like write something else and like Absolutely. dwelling on this literally like Facebook post of a thing mm. is so like boomer to me mm-hmm. because like you and I look at something like you put together a whole like guide that was a huge success on your page mm-hmm. but like you can throw it away you can move on you can create something new you can create something better yeah and like and it's a fact that it was mine you know yeah I don't know so but that is too yeah and it's like I wonder how I'd feel about because I did have that moment where the shirt felt like everyone was telling me that like Urban Outfitters copied me Mm -hmm. that was also a big lesson for me like I'm never gonna do that again Mm -hmm. because it didn't feel like me and I remember I don't know if anyone was around for this (laughs) but it was a pretty crazy moment it was like I Urban Outfitters came out with a sweater that like resembled almost exactly what I had been putting out and it was crazy. Countless people sent it to me. That's a thing. Three people sent, like, one person sent it to me, and I was like, oh, who cares? And mm. then the second person, I was like, God, who cares? Third person, I was like, well, maybe this is a thing. Mm. And then I just felt so pushed to call them out. Yeah. And I'm not someone who does call outs, and I'm not someone who wants to get into that scarcity mindset. Like, in my head, I'm like, okay, fast fashion, Urban Outfitters makes a sweater, a few people buy it, and yeah. then it's gone. Yeah. But I just, like, oh my God. And everyone was, like, pushing me to do it. And then I remember the part that really put me over the edge was I had a friend who had worked on, like, the design team of Urban Outfitters or something, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the worst thing. And he texts me, and he's like, hey, I have a friend on the design team at Urban Outfitters, and they said that they definitely copied your idea mm-hmm. and that it was on a vision board. Mm-hmm. And then that's what led the call out, yeah. only for me to do it and get into all this fucking drama. Like, they took away the sweater, everything, but then there was all this, like, legal, legal drama after in my inbox yeah. that was so stressful and annoying. And... I contact the person, I'm like, hey, I was like, this has turned into a bigger thing. I was like, can you tell me about, like, this friend? And the guy who told me that had lied. Right, I remember that. And it was because he had, like, a crush on me and wanted to be, like, I don't know, part of my team for Terrible. this. Terrible. And he, he lied. And I was like, you realize, like, that lie, like, pushed me to do a whole thing and be so actualized in it when it wasn't. Yeah. 
And I was just like, I'm never going to do that shit again also. Like, who cares? Fast fashion brand takes your shit for a second, so what? Yeah. <laughs> Plug it in. Um, yeah. And just, you know, t- James is getting the charger to charge. Th- we're at one hour 46. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> um, it's been a couple weeks, but... Yeah, that was another thing, too, where I just felt like, so, it was a really good lesson, though. I think a lot of things on the internet are of just, like, really question if, so- if something's your idea or a hive mind idea, you know? Mm-hmm. And also the fact that everyone who's encouraging me to cancel wanted that drama. They wanted to see Urban Outfitters sure. taken down, and they weren't thinking about me. And, like, that's the advice that I give people... Yeah, now everyone is just there as a spectator. They I know, skin in the game. and they act like they care about you, yeah. and maybe they think that they do genuinely. But I had a friend who was going to cancel a brand, and I was like, "Yo, really think about this," because I had a bunch of people supporting me, and yeah, they're all supporting you, and they'll take down this thing, but they're not going to be there for you when <laughs> a lawyer messages you, or you sit back and realize that this is completely out of your nature. You know, totally. but that's definitely something. I, so with copying, yeah, that's it. And in some cases, you know, it's worthy. I think if it's really obvious like there's some things where I see like um there was that woman that kept getting accused for like like she'd literally have a company send them uh, her a sample and then she'd copy it oh my god like that's like realty that woman is terrible yeah because she does it with like small creators yeah which is insane it's and it's traceable I don't understand how they but it's also like Zara and all those people they do that too but like they don't say anything yeah (laughs) maybe that was her way of being honest no it's just weird but and why does copying suck so bad well because it's all mixed up in like identity and And resources too that's very true like oh this is like my especially with artists you're like this is my little like her kidney story it's like that is i don't i've never read a story about a kidney yeah like that is kind of like when you're a creative it's like an idea is like a piece of gold and she took it from her I mean, I think the kidney thing is understandable to be so upset about because you can only do that once. And, like, it's such a specific story. Like, it's very unique. Mm-hmm. But, anyway. Um, Anything else? Are you going to... Um, do you have any ideas for Halloween? Oh, my God. I feel like no. Um, Chelsea's coming into town. On Halloween? Literally, on the 30th. And yeah. she's staying for a couple weeks. I have a friend who... I was thinking about her today. She'd be a great character in a story because she was born on the 4th of July but hates America. Yeah. Her mom's from the UK and ever since we were teens she was desperately trying to leave the US. And then she made it to the UK, fell in love with a bald man who's very funny. They're um, still together. Still together, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're just vibing. She's unique. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe that I was thinking about her today. Yeah. I've been doing this thing recently where I just think about things and then they come up. So. Yeah, she's coming up. I wanted to, like, do something where everyone's at the, like, Petit Hermitage or something cute. Oh, that sounds fun. Um, the high school vibes, maybe. I'm trying to figure out if this neighborhood has trick-or-treating happening. Because mm. if anything, Chris and I would turn the, like, garage into a, a foggy situation. Well, we did that last year. Yeah, and we but no one some came. Joy. And then it just kind of feels sad in the end. Yeah, like, <laughs> if people are not going to come, it might be sad. Also, Chris, is, Chris was invited to a, like, really crazy looking wedding on halloween on halloween and it looks like okay that's kind of dope because then it's like they you know they're like no plans come through right but the, yeah. but the problem is it's in ventura so we'd have to like make a but whole weddings, choice. weddings are worth it no 
Yeah. I just, I guess part of me is like, is it going to be, it just, is it going to be worth it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driving yeah, up yeah. to winter, or can we have like a sweet, wholesome, like trick-or-treating vibe? That's true. They're, your they're, areas, they're like diametrically opposed. Are there a lot of kids? I feel like your area is really like adult. It's very adult, but there's a sign over there uh, across the mm-hmm. street that says Berkeley, like, um, trick-or-treating. Oh, really? Okay. I thought you were going to say caution children at play. And I was like... I was like, that's a way to see if there's kids. <laughs> there's a sign that says drive like your kids live here. Yeah, you're like, I haven't seen one, but. <laughs> but someone's looking out for them, so. No, people rip down our street so fast. I'm actually, like, can I call the city and ask them to put speed bumps in? Because it's Maybe. crazy. I'm going to see. Can you I get can make the a city post. to work for me? Be like, everyone call your senators. <laughs> <laughs> Call your congressman. There's children at play. Be like, take a photo every time you see a child. Be like, this is a place with women and children. Hashtag women at play. Women and children need a speed bump. Um, fuckers. Um. Okay. <laughs> so, sh- um, any advice? Any advice <laughs> to leave this? I think you know, we just, didn't talk about it at all. Hmm. We were going to talk about is the failure. Yeah. Okay. James said something really special at breakfast this morning. Yeah. Uh, but I was talking about what was happening. Okay. So flubbing or what was it? fumbling. <laughs> I had this recent realization where I finally am kind of like at. I've arrived at a destination that I've been trying to get to in a project for a few years, and I was thinking about how fumbling is always part of the process mm-hmm. and I was like my new mantra is if I want something like I'm also prepared to fumble because it's like if you want something you're gonna have you're gonna follow wrong leads it's not gonna happen right away and that part of the thought process and part of like the healing process is also like physically partaking in the performance of those realizations and yeah. being greatly disappointed or just leave with more knowledge but I've just never thought that like in a way that I could really hold on to and so I was like I finally reached the end of a fumbling period and I was like if I was more aware I would have suffered less if I was like I'm gonna get to the destination regardless I'm gonna fumble right mm-hmm. so new thing is like fumbling is part of the process and then you said and so it was crazy because I was thinking about this <laughs> you're not gonna say what you said I will <laughs> but you know sometimes I'll be like say your quote and, and then I like, forget <laughs> yeah um, no, I remember. I actually remember because, like, I I was thinking about the same thing this weekend, basically, but in a different way. And so, you, the quote that like everyone says is, "What would you do if you knew that you could not fail?" Mm. And so, I actually wrote a newsletter that's going to come out on Wednesday, and like, it's unpacking that phrase, but also the idea that I'm living with is like, "What would you do if you knew that it could fail?" Yeah, which is T. What would you do if it could fail? If you knew that it could fail. Because I think something that ruins a lot of the process is, like, hoping for the success within it mm-hmm. and, like, being obsessed with, like, the end results and being attached to it rather than it's, like, goes back to, like, the, the idea of being able to, like, get rid of something and toss it away. But, like, mm-hmm. there's always going to be another thing and this isn't the final product and it's not, like, it doesn't have to be your full identity and, like, failure is part of the process, which is the same thing that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, being able to, like, fail gracefully is, like, a huge 
part of like growing up i think oh totally totally and i think we could all really help each other a little bit more with like failing no you know what i mean like <laughs> i'm just like stop spreading the gospel that like yeah. aging is bad and yeah. that failing is embarrassing yeah but then again maybe those are the gates you know what i mean it's like i'm starting to think of these things that really annoy me and being like these are things that take strength to get through mm-hmm. and there is a reason not a good reason but there is this sense of exclusivity yeah of getting through a hard time you know what i mean yeah well i mean that's just like like overcoming the fear of failure is the route to your dreams right and not everyone can do that and maybe you should celebrate your ability to do it instead of getting mad at everyone who can't (laughs) who's like creating a society where it feels so hard oh yeah yeah but maybe that's not it we we could all succeed (laughs) i think i mean i do think that i just think my thing is like i think success should be looked at differently like what oh 100 what are you considering success like yeah and why must we always attain it with something like i think process is something that is just as valuable Mm -hmm. um and i think seeing things through to the end is really valuable but like success doesn't necessarily mean that that's what happens after Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah yeah like i think you need to evaluate what success means to you and the concept of like uh, i'm sorry i should have to move this because i'm like i did lose a computer this year okay that's very smart um (laughs) (laughs) there's water by the laptop I had a really s- sticky space bar, and I had to, like... And then I... This is actually crazy. I had a really sticky space bar, and I was trying to clean it out. Yeah. And my dad gave me um, a <laughs> a box cutter. Uh-huh. And he was like, just use it, but don't go so hard, so you cut the thing. And then uh-huh. I started taking this sticky stuff out, and I was like, oh, my God, there's, like, a sticky film under my space bar because it's so filthy and built up. And it was like, no, it was a silicone lining that I was cutting no. out. <laughs> I was cutting out, and then I Googled it, and it was like... <laughs> Apple started adding a silicone lining to their computers in 2018 to, like, help crumb reduction. And I was like, well, clearly it didn't work. That's so funny. Yeah, so I was like, I thought this sticky stuff, I was like, how did this, like, perfect sticky film? How this goo form? Yeah, I thought I was just disgusting, it turns out. That's so funny. Turns out I'm not, but no, I, I, like, butchered it, and I was like, you know what, whatever. (laughs) You've had that computer for a few years. (laughs) Yeah, I should start backing it up or something. Yeah. It's given me signs. Um... (laughs) Um, we are what was s- that about success? Okay, that's okay. That's the all-reaching end of advice. So I think that really can kind of, kind of what is it? Uh, encapsulates. encapsulates everything we've talked about, which is just like, don't fall for false idols. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And false information, and like really constantly ask yourself like, what is success to you? You know. And I really have this thing with me that I'm realizing, and I've always known this though is like. I don't think the world needs another t-shirt. I don't think the world needs another book. I don't think the world needs anything of, from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that my success, the feeling of success I have is literally just the most simple thing. Is when I have good friendships, swimming in some water, in the sun naked. Those are my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And But that's just, you have to work. I don't know. Well, okay. And something <laughs> I was thinking about when you sent me that voice message, but like... Um, you know we're in school there's like there's always like art class or whatever and then you know (laughs) you know what i mean like there's like sciences and all the like things and then you have art class and Mm -hmm. it's sort of like the fun class yeah for most people always the fun class and then when you grow up you go to your business job or whatever but then you go to like 
your dance class after mm-hmm. or you go to like you have you, you get your high paying job so you can go to a ceramics studio yeah. and pay so much money so you can decompress right and mm-hmm. you have like people who are not creative um for financial stability mm-hmm. choose craft as their way to, to decompress and a lot of mm-hmm. examples right so i was thinking about you and i because like i recently have like been fortunate enough to go visit nature which is not something that i ever had just because time was so scarce for me um and growing up you and i we did not have nature families yeah Yeah. no and so um i think that something that i'm realizing is like being in nature is the equivalent of like doing a craft for Mm -hmm. other people like for creative people nature and for non-creative people nature can be fulfilling but Mm -hmm. like there's nothing that will fulfill um, a creative person who like lives on their creativity in the same way that nature will because nature is never going to I mean nature you have to pay sometimes to get into like a park or whatever mm-hmm. but it's no, it's never you're never going to like interact with a tree and sell your tree interaction you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's like you and I have both experienced this thing where like if we do something creative someone's like oh that's great you should sell it and that like takes it Mm -hmm. and like yeah we talked changes it and that other thing too like the The switch when your creativity is your escape and then when it starts to be your income there's resources are involved and also like maintaining that kind of pleasure you feel no it's true but like there really is a nature like now all I want to do is just sit on a kayak in the middle of a lake mm-hmm. and that has a very new thing that i've never experienced until this summer but like that feeling is like so it just feels like nothing else in the whole world mm-hmm. because nothing is being asked of me yeah. um but no, every yeah. but like life is everywhere you know yeah but yeah success because i we're also the we're the internet guinea pigs but we're also like the generation who watched like so many like false idols fall right like the church concept of like success and like the nine to five and like if there's anything to take from all of this kind of honestly like unsettling news and like sad lack of trust and like every system there ever was it's like you really gotta have your own you know absolutely you have to constantly ask yourself like who you're living for Mm mm-hmm and that's good news actually at the end no, of the day. No, I think I think it will be a very <laughs> difficult period for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but like it is going it is in the right direction actually because like the dissolution of of systems and I mean any anything that like prevents you from accessing like your truest nature mm-hmm. or is like some sort of gatekeeper or middleman to that is like you know the problem Mm -hmm. and like i do think that everyone is sort of figuring out ways to work around that now because it's like gotten too big like all of these things have gotten too big absolutely decentralizing spirit (laughs) is that the name of this decentralizing spirit honestly yeah yeah (laughs) because what we talked about like (laughs) 9-11 and then talked about some more 9-11 we talked about decentralizing spirit i think the bio of this should be like we just talk about a ton of shit so don't even have any expectations yeah (laughs) i think we're we made it two hours hours. there we go (laughs) see you guys in two months no i'm kidding lol i love potting i love pod um okay all right so q
keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but in a more intentional and self-observant way <laughs> <laughs> keep going only if you want to no James. oh sorry oh sorry oh we'll stop we'll stop <laughs> keep going but no pressure <laughs> keep going keep going period keep going or if you don't feel like keeping going <laughs> or if you don't feel like you're, you still are technically you keep no, going you have no choice even if you die you're still going keep yeah going going in going energetically energetic we're talking about energetic make peace with your keep going <laughs> make peace with the fact that you have to keep going because it's cute ish why is there yarn under your table because i'm cro- took up crocheting again <laughs> <laughs> all right end of discussion <laughs>